When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of future brew right here on mazerbrew.com i am vaughn lozon and it's just me and steven asentoski today john simmons has uh, some other stuff going on so just uh steven and i we're gonna give you some basketball and football recruiting today uh steven how you doing brother doing all right i was thinking about doing my best john impression trying to uh fool people to think that it was the Vaughn and John show once again, but <laughs> you ruined that. You, you said it was me and you. So, yeah, so that's all right. You didn't start singing. I was expecting you to, <laughs> to jump into song for just the two of us. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, we, we were talking uh, uh, before we hit record here about how we can uh, get more people to really buy into the YouTube page that uh, Steven's <laughs> been building up and, uh, uh, I, I think a karaoke uh, segment where Steven just rips through your favorite karaoke songs would be a, would be a phenomenal addition. Well, what is your karaoke song, Steven? What's your go-to? Oh man. I, I like duets. I like anything that I can sing with someone else. So I'm not just staying up there awkwardly. You're not the lone um, person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's been since college, since I've done karaoke, I think I did like a sweet Caroline or something really stereotypical when I was a, a little okay. tipsy. So, so I don't know. I would consider myself versatile, but I don't have too much range. I can hold a tune, okay. but don't, don't go outside, you know, an octave or two and, uh, and I'll be okay. So, so we'll see. 
I think that's a smart move to play the the sing along kind of karaoke song. That way you're you're really not the only person singing it. You're going to get everybody yeah. else in the bar to start singing and play to the point, crowd. It, you play to the crowd, you build it up and everybody's happy. So I, I think that's I think that's a smart move. And uh, we'll have to talk to Anthony about uh, getting that on the YouTube channel. Um, Anthony, you're the first the guest star. guy. You're, oh. you're the first guest star. So if okay. you're signing up for it, then uh, I'm expecting at least an, an, an EP from you to kick it off. So an, a whole EP. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'll go that far. I, I you know, if if we get this thing off the ground, I'll give you a track. OK, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get John to do a track. We'll, we'll get Trevor. Anthony will lay down a, a, a song. We'll, we'll get everybody on board here. And there you uh, go. it would change the entire format of of Maze and Brew. But that, that until the, until that happens, uh, <laughs> we're we're going to stick to recruiting today. And uh, as we do on Future Brew, we're going to talk about basketball, though. So we'll get to football in a little bit. Really want to start the show off. Uh, with the most recent member of Michigan basketball's 2022 class. And uh, that is none other than four-star big man, Terrace Reed, who is, uh, it, it's kind of up in the air what his height is at. He's either 6'9 or 6'10, depending on where you're looking at. But he's a solid 230 pounds, uh, plays basketball in the state of Missouri, is the number two player in his state, number 69 overall on the composite on 24-7 sports. Shows Michigan over some Big Ten rivals, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Purdue were the other top programs for him. Was able to visit every single one of those programs uh, in the month of June and ended up choosing Michigan at the end of the day. Uh, now the second member of Michigan's class joining four-star point guard Doug McDaniel. And uh, that class is now up to number 14 overall, uh, ranking-wise. Number three in the Big Ten behind Ohio State and Illinois. And both those schools have more players committed than Michigan. I think Ohio State has like four guys committed. Illinois has three. So uh, it, Michigan certainly has a chance to um, increase their standing within the Big Ten conference uh, if they're able to cash in on some of these other guys. You would imagine Jet Howard will probably be uh, in the in the loop at some point. But Stephen, I mean, this one developed really quickly for Juwan. They offered him back in April. They got him to officially visit uh, the last weekend of June. That was the last official visit he took before he verbally committed last week to the Maize and Blue. Well, much different recruitment from Doug McDaniel because he kind of took his time with the process, had some other suitors that he was really, really interested in, and uh, then eventually committed months after the fact. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they ended up getting their guy in Terrace Reed, and I, I think he's a solid player. What say you? Yeah, it's interesting because he's not a guy that I see being like a one-and-done type. He did mention that he's, he's looking to – uh, go pro after one or two years, but um, he's about as true of a power forward as you can get at six nine six ten. He's got a thick lower body, and I really like the game that he brings. His recruitment, as you mentioned, was pretty interesting. He was a pretty heavy uh, Buckeye lead um, for a bit there, um, but I, I loved what he said in an article with twenty four seven how uh, Michigan's player development, especially obviously. Uh, Joan Howard and what he did with Hunter Dickinson. Um, 
you know, that's, that's going to be the feather in Michigan's cap for years to come and appropriately. So, you know, you, you turn a guy who uh, Hunter Dickinson was highly regarded, but not, you know, a one and done type player. And you turn him into a big 10 freshman of the year. Um, one of the best big men, if not uh, the best big man, man of the conference. And um, that's going to go a long way with recruiting. And obviously that I think was uh, the main differentiator for Michigan for, for Terrace Reed. So, um, so yeah, I, I always like when a program is able to mix in uh, the one and dones with guys that are possibly two and dones or three and dones. And I think Terrace Reed is closer to a two, three year guy than a one, two, two year guy. Um, just because it's hard at his size and his skill set to, um, to have a, a, a lot of options in the NBA, right? He's more of like a traditional power forward. Um, haven't seen a whole lot of his uh, long, his deep shooting, his three point game, um, not really a, a threat in that regard, but everything that he does down low in the post, uh, he has a, a really solid one to two dribble drive uh, that'll kind of raise your eyebrows. So, um, I mean, I could go into uh, a lot of his skill set that he does right. There's just not a whole lot he does wrong, which I think is the most yeah. exciting thing. He, he brings in a, a really high floor. And the bigger question is, can he develop into a guy that interests the NBA enough um, that will impact how long he's in Ann Arbor? I don't think there's any question how good of a collegiate player he'll be. Um, so that's kind of my, my like initial take on, um, on him. And uh, I, I love it because it, it's a recruitment that I think Michigan's going to win out time and time again. And yeah. I think Michigan will just get the big guys that they want because immediately Juwan Howard has resonated and, and kind of proclaimed to the world that, Hey, you want to be a well-developed big man down low. Look at what, I did immediately. I mean, even with Austin Davis, but then with Hunter Dickinson, I think that's just going to continue with um, going into Musa Giabate and uh, now Terrace Reed. So uh, it's a really great pickup and um, a, a guy I think is, is going to contribute definitely probably a second year um, and beyond that, probably another year or so and be a really solid contributor down the line. Yeah. You hit on a couple things that I was going to bring up. So we'll just transition right into that. Cause I got the chance to spoke with Terrace Reed's AAU coach, uh, Anthony Perry. And uh, if you haven't checked out that article, you can check it out on amazingbrew.com. It's there. And uh, he had really, really positive things to say about not only just Terrace Reed, but also about Jawan Howard, mainly as a person. And, uh, you know, Perry's been coaching since he was a teenager. He told me he was like 14 when he first started. So he, he knows like a genuine person when it comes to coaches recruiting kids. And he, that's how he described Juwan Howard as being a genuine human being. And obviously the mix between being a solid human being and being a solid coach is exactly what drew Terrace to Michigan. And you mentioned how Ohio state was out in front and then they kind of convinced Terrace to go visit Michigan he had said, you know, I, I think Michigan would be in your best interest to go check out, go officially visit. And you know, had he not listened to the advice of his elders, he probably would not be a Michigan Wolverine commit right now. But 
as far as Terrace goes, uh, his AAU coach, Anthony Perry, had told me that uh, he could do a little bit of everything as a big man. He can play the four. He can play the five. Uh, obviously has an inside and outside game uh, that he's still improving, uh, mainly with the shooting. He's pretty sound uh, on the inside, I think. But he, he's still improving with his long distance game as well. But as the game has developed over the years, Stephen, a player like that has become really incredibly coveted and I don't, to, to the eye test that that's kind of what Terrace Reed looks like to me uh, as a, a prospect is a guy that uh, kind of fits that he's not exactly a four, but he's not exactly a five. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. And I, Steven, I think that's what I'm most excited about uh, when it comes to Terrace Reed. Cause you, you kind of hit it on the head there with, you know, we'll see how Diabate does this season. Uh, as a freshman. And if that kind of, uh, you know, w- with the development of Austin Davis and Dickinson, if that can go to Diabate as well, then you would imagine that Terrace Reed will get that same development in Ann Arbor when he steps onto campus. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited uh, about him as a prospect. And uh, it, it, did you uh, happen to check out that article, Steve? What, what did you like about uh, what coach Perry had to say. Cause I thought he gave some very interesting remarks about uh, Juwan and Terrace. Yeah, I, I agree exactly. What you said about Juwan Howard. He had a lot of positive things to say, say about him. I do like um, that. He did bring up that, you know, he's still developing an outside game and that, and that shows that they're actively working on weaknesses. Cause that was, yeah. it, it's it, especially in highlight film. That's the number one thing that you can learn more from what's missing because obviously you're going to see all the positives, but what are things that are missing from his highlight film? And you can usually learn a bit more just from that omission more than what you're seeing. So uh, after I watched that film and read, uh, read the article on, on Mason brew, um, I was, I was pretty relieved to see that, you know, it's something that they're, they're working on because that takes someone's game like Terrace Reed to that next level. Right. And that's something that turns a guy from a year two or three player at a college to a year one or year two player, and then a, a very um, versatile prospect to the NBA. So that was the thing that I think he mentioned was, um, was most relieving to me because sometimes it's like, uh, if it's not brought up, then it's like, okay, this, isn't ever going to be possible for this dude. But when it's mentioned by the AAU coach, it's something that they understand something they're really Mm -hmm. uh, driving hard. It's something that shows me that they're um, that there's a chance he's going to get there. Right. And he did have some, some mid range uh, finesse that he did display on the film. So he can, he hit like a little fadeaway, like Dirk Nowitzki esque shot here and there. And so he's, He's definitely got the athleticism to to hit those kind of shots. It's just a matter of okay, how how much range can he uh, really develop beyond that? So, of course, there's going to be questions for every recruit, and um, I think that relieved me the most. But um, yeah, but yeah, his ability you mentioned, kind of like between the four and five overall, he really is uh, a bully down low. Like he can back to the basket. It's really hard for guys to stand their ground when he is, uh, when he is backing defenders down. So it's interesting because when you look at the 2021 class, you got, uh, the Abate and he's listed as power forward, but he's like, a there's kind of like two different power forward molds that I see where it's like a six ten guy 
that you like need to feed some cheeseburgers to really <laughs> be able to hack it down low. Yeah. Um, Caleb Houston is, is more of like a wing that might be able to be a small ball power forward, but not like a true guy. And then you have uh, this third type that Terrace Reed falls into where it's like, yeah, this guy's like a true power forward um, who can hack it at center. Um, and then it's just a matter of, how versatile can he be beyond that? So it's interesting. I think, I think it's, it's a good job for Michigan to identify that skill set of Reed and the slightly different body type, because even if you have Diabate and Houston around in 2022, which let's be honest, I doubt that's going to happen. But even if you did those three players, despite all having the power forward position, um, they all serve very different purposes and different roles on the team. So I think that excites me that uh, it seems like the staff has done a really good job understanding where the roster is at and what is appropriate to fill gaps uh, moving forward in the next couple of years. Yeah. And you can kind of see it with how you say like small ball center, Uh, you can kind of see just this past season, they had Brandon Johns doing that. And I, I think he did an okay job doing like the small ball five role, but I think that's kind of what Diabate and Terrace Reed, I, th- I think that's where they're going to really thrive at uh, when, when they, uh, when, when they have their time to shine. One, one of the goals that uh, his AAU coach, Anthony Perry had told me uh, as far as when it comes to improving his inside and outside game is just learning when he should be doing his game on the inside and when he should be doing it on the outside. And he had said that that's what he focused on at peach jam before he pulled out because of COVID concerns. And uh, the quote that I have is uh, he'd pretty much beast a guy inside. And then the next trip down, he goes out on the perimeter and shoots a jump shot. And he said this like pretty passionately. He said, Terrace, no, you just beast a guy on the inside and let him off the hook with a jump shot when he has no shot of covering you on the inside. So he had said that he's got a great body, but he just has to understand how to use that to his advantage, whether it be on the inside or outside. And that's something that they're going to be focusing on uh, his senior season. So I'm really interested to see how all that goes. And another thing that he told me was that um, apparently Terrace can uh, can throw down on the saxophone, uh, which which if you ask me, I think that's pretty cool. So uh, I, I think we got to put a poll out on Twitter, Stephen, that uh, – but we just got to rename the program Jawan Howard and the E Street Band uh, in honor of Bruce Springsteen. Ooh. I I think that's kind of the move, and uh, the NIL opportunities there are oh god I, <laughs> I I'm just thinking of some stuff right now. I'm not going to say it, but uh, there's some cool stuff that they could really do with that. But um, yeah, hundred percent. And I was thinking if if we are ever kicking off the karaoke and we're looking for like careless whisper <laughs> or something. <laughs> There might be a guy in Ann Arbor who can oh, bust out the sacks for that. So that's, it, that's what I love to hear, Stephen. <laughs> this is why we have you on the podcast. You bring so much to the table. Um, <laughs> I'm in full I, circle. Full circle, exactly. Um, a, another thing, and and we'll kind of wrap it up here. Um, another thing that I, I don't mean to keep going back to what Anthony Perry said, but he he gave some really good. Uh, information here, uh, his mindset, Terrace Reed's mindset of um, how he feels he's motivated by being a bit underranked compared to some of his 
other colleagues uh, at the power forward center position. He feels that he's being undervalued by the folks who do the rankings. And that's something that fuels him to be better. And that his mindset is I'm going to show you, not tell you um, that he's better than the rankings. I think that speaks volumes to the type of competitor that Michigan's going to be getting out of him. Sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and again, it, it, it's a thing where you can even go back and look at Dickinson and look at his ranking and just be like, wow, like, yeah. like this doesn't, this ranking doesn't define how good this player is going to be at Michigan. And I think that holds true for a fair number of, of these, uh, these more traditional bigs that uh, they're going to come in and they can produce pretty quickly um, especially ones like Terrace Reed who have more of the fundamentals down than most guys um, yeah. out of high school. So I think when you, another factor I'm thinking of is he's a guy who I think is really going to benefit from having a guy like coach Sanderson to get him in the weight room. Um, I think he, he has a really great frame to kind of sculpt into just a really, really powerful uh, player overall. So um you, you think of how much more potential there is in a big guy, especially to grow into um, that frame. And it's just tough. I mean, consider the amount of calories, the nutrition, a lot of these things that high school uh, programs just don't have the nutritionists have that um, kind of in, in place to take advantage of, you know, the six, nine, six, 10 beast of a guy. It's just not going to be up to par at that level that he will have, at Michigan. I know that was a part of the article as well. And I think that's uh, something really important to, to call out. And then the final thing is is that everything I've read on, on Terrace Reed is um, pretty high character guy. And um, I think the relationship he had with Juwan Howard obviously went a long way, but um, I think it's whenever I see that again, it's just how high is the floor going to be on this guy? There's no question marks there. So um, that just gives me more assurance that uh, that the guys that are being brought into this program, I don't see as like, oh, this is kind of a flyer or like, you know, maybe maybe he'll work out. Maybe he'll struggle in this area or whatever like that. Seems like Michigan's checking all of the boxes in terms of not only talent and potential, but also character, uh, which goes a long way in ensuring that a guy is going to be able to. Um, not only stick around a program, but represent it well and have the the values that John Howard probably uh, holds very highly um, in, in what he expects of his players. Yeah, all high character, all high talent guys, for sure. I mean, all, all the guys that he's brought in, there's potential there for sure, uh, especially with like a three star, the lone three star that he's had in Wilt Chatter. I think there's potential for him at the power forward position as well. And yeah, I think the floor is very high for Terrace Reed. I, I don't know how quickly he'll be able to get out on the floor and actually show what he's got just because of the guys that may be in front of him. I, I, I don't know about Diabate being a one and done. I, I think Houston is the best chance of that happening, being a one and done at Michigan. I think Diabate will stick around for two years like Dickinson has, but there, there might be some competition there, but I, I think Reed at the very least is, is a very high floor player that brings a lot to the program in terms of his character. Like you had just mentioned, he's a high character person going to represent the school and program well, and uh, is certainly carries a lot of 
uh, class uh, with his game. So I, I uh, I'm excited to see how it goes. I, I think it'll end up pretty well for Michigan and Jawan, um, especially the position that Terrace plays. Jawan is coached and has produced a lot of highly talented players at that position. So yeah, a lot of good things to say about Terrace and, um, I, I think it'll end up being pretty good in Michigan's favor at the end of the day. So, all right, well, we will take a quick break and uh, we're going to come back and talk about some football recruiting. But first, let's talk about Homefield Apparel, which is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest and Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So they don't screw around when it comes to their designs. And the cool thing about Homefield is that they study every school's history, traditions, legacies, and with all of that comes their createful and thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some really cool original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else, whether it's T-shirts, crewnecks, whatever it is that you want, they've got it. And if you want that today at a discounted price, use our discount code MNB at checkout. You'll get 20% off your whole first order. So if you want to buy 10 things, two things, 70 things, it doesn't matter. Use that promo code MNB. You'll get 20% off that entire first order. So again, homefieldapparel.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We're going to shift gears for our last topic of the day. And we're going to go back to football recruiting as we do typically on Future Brew. And I'm going to be honest, not much has really happened over the last week for Michigan football recruiting. So instead, we're kind of going to talk about what's been going on in East Lansing because they've really been picking up steam on the recruiting trail, um, particularly in the state of Michigan. Over the last two weeks, they've picked up two four-star commits in the state, and uh, the most recent coming over the weekend, this past weekend, from four-star athlete Jaden Mangum. And uh, two weeks ago, they picked up four-star wide receiver Antonio Gates Jr., who we uh, briefly talked about a couple weeks back, uh, if you're a a regular listener of the program. So they've all risen uh, or they have risen Michigan state. That is um, all the way up to the number five class in the big 10. 
and number 15 overall in the 22 class, which is a very remarkable turnaround from last year from when they were number 10 in the conference and uh, number 45 overall. So it's just a huge turnaround for Mel Tucker and, and his crew over there. So both Gates Jr. and Mangum, this is kind of where we're going to wrap this into Michigan talk here. All had Kentucky offers to their name and Mangum's profile lists Steve Klinkscale as the primary recruiter for the Wildcats. And obviously he has not been recruiting uh, him for a while since he took the uh, cornerback coaching gig at Michigan. It doesn't say who the main recruiter was for Gates Jr. But if the theme here uh, is recurring, which I, I would imagine it was also Steve Klinkscale. Now, during his time at Kentucky, Klink was able to reel in several guys from the state of Michigan uh, to play ball in Lexington and most notably being the high four-star um, uh, offensive slash defensive lineman uh, in high school, uh, Justin Rogers. He was in the 2020 class and Klink went on to also land recruits from Oak Park, Detroit, Mount Morris, West Bloomfield, Ypsilanti, Auburn Hills, pretty much all over the state of Michigan, at least in the Metro Detroit area uh, when he was with Kentucky. So Stephen, with all of this said, uh, I want to just get to you since you kind of had this uh, this topic idea here. And I think it's a great topic personally, because um, you, you, you got to consider the recent commits for Michigan State. Um, they've been doing a very good job recruiting this year compared to last year. The kind of where I'm at with this is obviously Clink is a great in-state recruiter for the state of Michigan. He's you would imagine he's probably going to help Michigan land more guys than not. But do you attribute Michigan State's recent success on the recruiting trail in the state of Michigan um, from Clink being at Michigan and not being at Kentucky? Because a lot of these guys, quite honestly, were not takes for Michigan. They weren't actively recruiting uh, Antonio Gates Jr. They were not actively recruiting Jaden Mangum, although you can make an argument that they should have not only because they're in-state players, but because they're four-star guys and have versatility, especially Mangum. He can play wide receiver or defensive back. So, Stephen, I want to get your take on this. What do you think of all of this? And uh, uh, throw it down for me, brother. Yeah, so it's something that was interesting because I feel like I always started off. I find a lot of things interesting. But when when you take, <laughs> when you take away a guy like Klingscale from Kentucky – you're taking away a lot of really long relationships that he built over the years at Kentucky uh, with guys that are usually either fringe four stars or, you know, in the rare case, you'll have a couple higher four stars, like you mentioned from Oak Park, Justin Rogers. Um, and it, it's, it's a little tricky because, my initial thought when I started to watch Michigan state improve on their recruiting overall was like, Oh, that's usually a guy that like will randomly go to Kentucky. And that's like not really happening as much. I haven't, you know, I haven't been paying as much attention to Kentucky, but, um, but Klingscale really did do a great job scouting realistic people and understanding the in-state recruiting at Michigan to find the guys that would be um, receptive to a team like Kentucky uh, recruiting them. 
Um, so occasionally that did result in a guy like Justin Rogers, um, you know, Marquand McCall, uh, who are top 200 guys, uh, top 100. If you're looking at Justin Rogers, that Michigan could have sorely used at either of those defensive tackle positions for Rogers. And, and there are a number of those guys in the state of Michigan that cling scale was able to, to get away from that, but you have to consider what's, you know, where does Kentucky really live in terms of like their recruiting rankings, right? I, I admittedly haven't gone through and looked at that, but I would guess anywhere from like 50 to 70, maybe 40 to 60 on a good year. And what that is, is almost exactly to a T where Michigan State has lived. So in terms of like building a recruiting board, um, knowing the schools and locations um, that kind of produce that sort of level of talent. Um, that's something he had to do year in, year out at Kentucky. And he had a long tenure at Kentucky for, um, you know, I, I would say relative to other coaches kind of in his uh, position. So when you combine all of that, as well as having to be regional, because Kentucky obviously can't really go and battle um, outside of kind of the Midwest region for those big names. So when you take a guy like Klingscale away from Kentucky, you're taking away the primary competition for a program like Michigan state. And it's a little, it's a little worrying because you give Klingscale a job now that's a little bit different. Now that he's at Michigan, he's not kind of looking for those under the radar guys as much, or at least he shouldn't be because he ha he's at a school that has a much more national level pull and can kind of uh, dip their toes in a bigger pond, so to speak. That's a weird, uh, I think I messed up that analogy, but you get what I'm saying. Now he's doing a slightly different job just because of the profile of the school and the talent you're able to attract as a result of that. So I do think Michigan by getting clink scale, um, has possibly, I don't want to say hurt them. It's helped them in some regards, maybe repair um, some relationships in state for certain schools and, and things of that nature. But I think the bulk of the job that Klingscale did at Kentucky, um, that no longer being there opens a door for Michigan state um, to, to, recruit much easier without that barrier. It seemed like, I don't know if you watched the office, but it was that, uh, was it Daniel Corday Cordlay, whatever that guy at the competing paper company against under Mifflin, that the salesman that was just like, you know, taking away all the business despite being at this random, <laughs> random company. And that's what clink scale was at Kentucky. He was that guy yeah. who would just be able to track that talent away from those teams and schools that Michigan state usually feasted off of. So that's a long-winded way of me saying it's not a bad thing because I think Clink Skill is an excellent coach, really good evaluator of talent, and you want those guys on your staff overall. Um, so it's a secondary concern. You see what I did there because he coaches the secondary. It's a there secondary concern <laughs> that it's making the lives of the Spartans easier, which no one wants. No one wants. So it's it's a mixed bag, but I, I think – I think it's not just like a conspiracy theory. I think there's something to that. I don't know. And I don't think it's like an immediate thing. I don't think this string of commitments we're seeing right now is necessarily a 
like big, you know, it's all because of that. But I think, right. especially looking at like the 2023 class, um, I think that's the class where it's going to have more of an effect because, uh, you know, this, this extra year they have to, to gain on those guys that maybe were starting to form that strong relationship with clink scale. They no longer have that anymore to compete with. So that's where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I I'm taking a look back at Kentucky's former recruiting classes uh, before and during clink scales time there. And I, I wanted to go at least five years back before he started, he started at Kentucky in 2016. So the 2011 class, they were ranked 36th overall. And th- this is all according to the 24 seven sports composite, which 36 is kind of their wheelhouse just total. So yeah. the year after that, in 2012, they took a dip. They were number 50 overall, was was not a good class whatsoever. Then they were at 34 in 2013, uh, 22 in 2014, which is a pretty solid class. And in 2015, they were 38. So they took a dip back there. So the first year with Clink, they, they were 34 and then 30 in 2017, 37, 34, and then 25 in the 2020 class, 2021, they were 34. So I mean, that's kind of routinely where they've been, um, whether it's with or without clink scale. Now, the difference is obviously the amount of guys from the state of Michigan that they were able to get during clink scales tenure uh, at Kentucky. And like they were kind of dipping their toes into the state of Michigan every once in a while before clink showed up. But it was predominantly guys in the south. And it, obviously some guys in Ohio as well, because they've got some ties in the state of Ohio. Um, really, they, they took a lot of kids in Ohio in that 2014 class that was ranked 22nd overall and a lot of in-state kids for them uh, in the state of Kentucky as well. So they, they really, really didn't start picking up in the state of Michigan until Clint got there. Um, right. So 2016, again, was a lot of Ohio and Kentucky kids, um, but they really started to pick it up. Uh, in the state of Michigan, obviously things take time, right? Like Clink's going to turn it around uh, with the Wolverines. He's going to be able to land a lot of these guys in the state and the state talent in the 23 class, like you alluded to. And I agree. I think a lot of it is going to be focused on that 23 class and seeing how, how many kids in the state they're able to, to reel in. Cause they do have a lot of talent. I mean, you got Dante Moore as a five-star quarterback at MLK high school in Detroit and then you've got a four-star uh, offensive lineman in Amir Herring. You've got a four-star defensive lineman who recently visited for the barbecue, Jalen Thompson, uh, who isn't really a Michigan lean. I would consider Herring a lean for sure. And then uh, Jonathan Slack being another four-star, Cole Dellinger being another four-star uh, offensive and defensive lineman, respectively. So I would anticipate Clink assisting in, if not all of these, a lot of these recruitments in the state of Michigan. And I think at this point, Herring is the most likely to commit. I think it's going to be a battle for a lot of these other guys, especially Jalen Thompson, who is at Cast Tech. And obviously his head coach, Thomas Wilcher, just took a, a job at Michigan State. So it's going to be a tough uh, uphill battle. But I would certainly anticipate Clink assisting in all of those recruitments, if not most of them. And uh, yeah, I think... I think you're onto something, Stephen. I think there is some rhyme to reason as far as, um, you know, the reason why a lot of these recent uh, uh, commitments for the Spartans um, 
is kind of because of Clink not being at Kentucky. They were actively recruiting all of those guys at Kentucky. And uh, one would imagine that if they didn't choose the Wildcats, it would at least have been um, a, a fight to the finish uh, for Michigan State. And I, and I don't want to dismiss Michigan State either because they have done a very good job with their recruiting class uh, in this 2022 class. I, I certainly don't want to say that, uh, you know, it, all of the reason is because uh, Clink is now at Michigan. And he's not recruiting these guys at Michigan, but that's kind of how it's been. And they have done a good job and they continue to recruit at a pretty good job. We'll obviously see if they stay at that number 15 overall rank, which I would anticipate that wouldn't be the case, but um, it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And I think the 23 class is really the one to look forward to Steven. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a fun year to compare Michigan's recruitment in state versus Michigan state. Cause you mentioned Wiltshire going over to the Spartans. That's going to be an interesting showdown with all of the um, all of Michigan's Michigan based uh, coaches. Now I got Mike Hart, got Bellamy, got a lot of guys um, with ties to the state. So it's going to be, it's going to be a battle for a couple of those top guys. And um, you alluded to a lot of guys are, you know, maybe not appropriately ranked just because we were out on camps and whatnot. So you're going to see a pretty quick uprising in the rankings. I think they're still quite a bit behind on getting mm-hmm. to those 2023 guys. Um, so it's, it's going to heat up quickly. As soon as these camps go through, there's going to be a lot of updates made and um, they're probably like, it's going to be one of the more important in-state battles that I can remember uh, for quite some time. And I, I know I mentioned it last week. I'll mention it again. That loss to Michigan state this year mm-hmm. uh, did. A, it came at a really, really bad time. Cause otherwise Michigan state, instead of being, you know, a two and seven season they had last year um, that doesn't say a whole lot, but when one of those two is Michigan um, mm-hmm. you put yourself in a much better position. So think of if that game was flipped, I don't see how Michigan state would have any chance in those battles if they had a one in eight 2020 season, I know not all recruits look at that uh, record and think too much of it. You know, it's always a, a blip on the uh, uh, on the long list of recruitment reasons and whatnot, but uh, you got to think there'd be a, a larger effect. So, yeah. So yeah, the, the one thing I'll add kind of separate to this discussion is all Michigan fans should be the biggest like West Virginia uh, Kentucky, and then even more so than that, like Louisville and Cincinnati fans, right? Because you think what are teams that are most likely to steal recruits from like a Michigan state or Notre Dame, right. Two of like the more regionally close schools is if a Louisville or Cincinnati are really, really going off. They're not in the power five. So compared to like Kentucky and West Virginia, you know, those teams could potentially steal more from Michigan, but Cincinnati Louisville being in a smaller conference, if they're really, really good, what's the profile of guys they're likely going to steal from? It's probably Michigan state. So that's something I have like shifted in the past few years is like, I'll really root for Cincinnati Louisville because (laughs) more likely than not, those teams success will make the job of Michigan state a little bit harder in recruiting. Yeah, I, I think you can even throw in a few Big Ten schools as well. Some of the lower ranked ones like 
like I'm Indiana. Don't get me wrong. Indiana had a good season last year, but like historically they haven't been great on the recruiting trail, but I think that's a, a program that is comparable to Michigan state on the recruiting trail um, a, as far as guys in the region. But yeah, I West Virginia was certainly in the race for Mangum. I know that for a fact he, yeah. I, I want to say he went out and visited, I, th- I think West Virginia, it, it was high on his list. I know that much. I, I want to say he went out at one point and visited West Virginia. I could be wrong. It, it, we can comment and, and clarify that if if I'm just talking out of my ass at this point. But <laughs> but I know West Virginia was very uh, in, in his recruitment. And uh, Antonio Gates, like you'd said, uh, uh, Antonio Gates Jr. had a lot of those uh, similar offers as well. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think. Um, I, I certainly don't expect Michigan to recruit the same athletes that Michigan state does every single year, but I, I think there will be some overlap for sure. Uh, as, especially in these, uh, upcoming recruiting classes in the state of Michigan. Um, I, I think there are going to be a lot of really, really talented guys in this 23 class and Michigan's already offered a boatload of them, uh, yeah. just, just this summer alone with the, uh, the camp circuit that they've been running and uh, they've, they've offered a ton of those 23 in-state guys. So I think there are going to be a lot of uphill battles and I think clink scale is going to keep them in a lot of them. And I think Michigan state's going to win a few of them as well. I, I certainly don't anticipate Michigan being able to take every single guy in the state just to keep them away from Michigan state. I don't think that's in their, uh, in their recruiting plans uh, in the near future or ever for that fact. So yeah. I, I don't think it's ever a smart move to take a guy just to keep them away from somebody else. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of what I've got there. Quick, what, yeah. What are, are your final thoughts there? You are right about Jane Mangum. He did visit, the uh, Mountaineers of West Virginia in early June. They actually had the only crystal ball for Mangum before it was shifted to the Spartans. So that gives you any indication. West Virginia seemingly was a uh, close second at a, on his list, but um, but yeah, I'm with you. You don't hire a guy just to take him away. Um, I mean, I just think it puts more emphasis on this game and the almost worst thing well, obviously the worst thing is losing to the Spartans, but the only way in which I really, really see a big effect when it comes to recruiting is if Michigan absolutely dismantles Michigan state this year, right? When you see just a really thorough beating, um, like you could say Michigan to Ohio state, (laughs) Michigan doesn't have the ability to really hold a flame to Ohio state when it comes in recruiting. And it's why I don't think that you see a lot of Michigan, Ohio state battles as much these days, because not only is Michigan losing, but they've lost really badly past couple of years. And I think that looms uh, a lot larger than just a win loss. So, you know, it, I mentioned before, a lot of these recruits, they think they can turn it around and in some cases they can, but uh, a single game doesn't do a whole lot in, in every recruitment, but when you're splitting hairs, don't leave any doubt, you know? And, and I think Michigan uh, can, can make up for lost ground with a decisive victory this year. I think, I think they can. And I think, um, you know, when, when you have as important of a class as I think 2023 in state will be, uh, you got to put more emphasis on that game. And, um, yep. it, it, I think it does go 
a long way for some recruits. And that's enough, you know, I think for most Michigan fans to say, yeah, let's, yeah. uh, let's put another week or two of prep towards, towards these guys this year. I agree. I think you got to make that game an emphasis. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think they are, I, I think they did last year too, but they just, they, uh, poop the bed, um, for lack of a better word, but to, to kind of make this a, a full circle to end it with uh, Mangum going to visit West Virginia and not committing there, even though the crystal balls were there at the time, um, they, they must've had him do karaoke and he only was able to sing, take me home country roads. <laughs> and he must've hated that song. That that's my theory. He didn't commit to West Virginia because they forced him to do karaoke. And that one song, um, that's fair. That's yeah. That, that has to be it. Right. Like, that's, I, I feel like they got to sit them down in a room, right. In the auditorium <laughs> on their visit and just be like, this is what we sing all the time. And this then, is it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's gotta be what they do. Yeah. But I don't know what else goes on in West Virginia. So who knows? I, I yeah, I've, I've never been to West Virginia. Maybe we can have Jaden Mangum come on the show and talk about what they do in West Virginia. Um, there you go. Other than karaoke country roads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to do it. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Steven, where are you at, my friend? At Steven Toski. Follow Maze and Brew on all your favorite social media platforms. Give Steven's uh, YouTube channel, Maze and Brew, a subscription. Go like the videos, all that good stuff, pumping out content uh, at, at least once a week. I, I think, was it twice a week now, Steven? Yeah, usually at least one pre recorded video, two live streams as well oh. per week. So, Got that going. All the good stuff on the YouTube page and, uh, you know, subscribe to our podcast as well. However, you listen to your podcast and give us uh, five star reviews and all that good stuff. We would greatly appreciate it for, for Steven. Hopefully we can get John back next week. Uh, but for Steven, I am Vaughn uh, tune back next week. We'll be back with some more recruiting. Go blue.